I'm Megan and welcome to Winging It. It's here that we challenge the common misconception that everybody looks like they know what they're doing. Here we will break boundaries in the industry and bring us together as creatives. We will chat all things creative confidence, imposter syndrome and creative journeys. Thank you for joining and enjoy the podcast. So today I am joined with my design idol, which is David Pearson. Hi, David. Hello, and thank you. You're very welcome. How are you today? Um, I'm good. It's actually my birthday, so I feel. I feel oh my gosh! Yeah. Happy birthday! Uh, thank you very much. Um, also, I just won twenty pounds on a scratch card that my auntie sent to me. Uh, so <laughs> you're probably going to have quite a giddy person for the next half an hour. Um, I'm happy to be in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's great news. Great start to your day. Uh, could you tell us a bit about your educational background? Uh, okay, so I I did. What did I do? Um, uh, so I very one of those lucky people that could only ever do one thing. So mm-hmm. my whole education was really just me trying to draw and not do anything else. I would do a bit of football. Mm-hmm. Um, but so really, my whole education was 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 that that straight line. Um, whether it was at, at Grimsby College doing art and design, or going to Leeds and doing a bit of multimedia there, which obviously didn't work for the reasons I've just described. <laughs> um, and then going to uh, St Martin's in London and um, and, and uh, kind of finding my feet there and and and, uh, and a few, an idea of a future that that I could have and um, that would pay me a living to to draw and to design and, and the like. I was I was going to ask do you think that it was always designed for you because you said that you always just wanted to draw yeah I mean I you know I think drawing very naturally can turn into uh, mm. design I mean I, I must say I was a very particular type of drawer mm. but you know it was very particular drawing it was very controlled um you know it's very similar to the way I design in, in that you know it has to be under my spell you know when things get away from me a little bit like you know Mm. for example if I was doing a watercolor uh, picture you know I I, I would get very frustrated I'm such a I'm a control freak yeah Um, so I I very naturally found this particular uh, you know space to work in yeah nice what is what are you kind of up to today like where is your career taken off from leaving uni well it's it's really been a very very straightforward continuation of what I did mm-hmm. at uni um, and again I think that just shows you how how uh, uh, I, I, I'm never going to put multidisciplinary designer on my, uh, <laughs> my website that's for sure but it, it, you know I'm, I'm hoping that I can fill my career with with almost the same the same role um, and that's to work with with type and imagery um, to work with books to work with print um, a bit of identity work but always trying to consider you know the face of something um you know mm-hmm. whether it's an album cover or a book a, you know a kind of emblematic solution to something um yeah uh, it's, it's a very hard thing to describe I've never been very good at describing what it is I do but I, I know that I love the very particular job I've got and I, I just really hope I can stay 
stay in that same lane, you know? Yeah, yeah. Very unambitious. (laughs) (laughs) How did you feel leaving studies and entering the industry? Because it's very, very daunting and I wondered how you felt and if you had any any like particular worries that you remember worrying about? Oh, I was, I was riddled with, with fear. And <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I kind of, in many ways, my, my final year at college, I, I kind of neglected it in a way to, yeah. to look for work because I was so concerned about getting to that last day of, of study and then mm-hmm. thinking, well, there's nothing after it. There's, not, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing that's going to follow on from there. And, you know, I was a, you know, I was a, a sort of, I was very concerned about the money side of it as well. I knew I couldn't stay mm-hmm. in London for more than a few weeks, you know, with, without a job. So, uh, yeah, I really, I spent most of my third year writing letters and sending them off to people and mm-hmm. applying for whatever jobs were going. So it, it was a lot of concern there, I think. You know, it's, as, as I'm sure there is for any anyone in that position. But I think that's what, that's what really helped me along was that um, it was just pure fear you know that I didn't want to, to to sort of have to move back home and and, and um with all of the things that that would have done to my my brain yeah <laughs> I can really yeah. sorry yeah I can really relate to that because I have the same fear I think I'm still in that fear right now at my age but I think that fear is so strong of being stuck I think so when I left uni it was kind of go 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 and let that fear kind of take over but in a really positive way yeah keep it, it there's something about it isn't there it keeps you keeps you hungry you know it, yeah. I, mean, I suppose not everyone requires that kind of fire up their backside but <laughs> um, it, yeah I, 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 I that was the same for me it's 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 uh it, it propelled me along and um ensured that I kind of made the next mm-hmm. the next step yeah I noticed that you're not as active on your social accounts and it's quite quiet. Um, I just wondered what your thoughts were about that because it feels like a lot of pressure, but I I don't really like doing it, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I bet most people don't. I, well, there's probably a select few people that, that very much enjoy enjoy that process. And I, the thing with me, it's always an uneasy um, interaction, but unfortunately, I, I feel that it is necessary. I think... You know, I'm only on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I think I, I sort of I've left Instagram alone a little bit, um, and I'm using Instagram more as a sort of um, just to show what bits and bobs are, I'm up to. And it's not always showing work. I, I I think that I had a word of myself recently, and it's similar to you know what we're talking about today. I think where I thought, well, no one really knows who I am. Yeah. No one's getting my tone of voice. So I'm not mm. writing anything. I'm just showing things and. I think that just contributes to this very paper thin experience that everyone everyone has. And well, I'm suggesting that everyone should sit longer with my posts and read the work. <laughs> but you know, at least I could I, I could try and and, and make yeah. more of a meaningful post. And you know, that the reality of that is maybe just a couple of sentences. But I do think quite hard sometimes about them because I, yeah, I, I think there's a sort of thinness and a lack of depth with a lot of the way we experience. Um, work and, and things and and it's a shame uh it almost doesn't get doesn't get time to to have any traction in people in people's brains and but that's mm. something i've always been interested in is you know whether it's in a bookshop or, or, or wherever it's it's trying to almost slow people down a bit um yeah i think a lot of the design work i do it's almost there's a, a, 
potential for miscommunication built into yeah. it. The hope is that you you'll stop a little bit and try and, and decode it, and then and then all of a sudden there's a relationship forming. Whereas, you know, I've always thought with very easy imagery, think imagery that just kind of absolutely just is what you, you what you would expect. I worry about the relationship with there, you know, just how thin and unmemorable that is. So mm. it's a very long answer, but I think my my feelings towards social media are kind of bound up in all that. It's an uneasy relationship and there's a lot of tension involved, but I know there's something in there that I really enjoy. I yeah. love sharing things with a very, you know, a direct audience, um, you know, and, 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 I, and I feel real joy when I see my friends post on there. Um, mm. So I'm going to persevere with it, but yeah, God, it's it's a very very strange relationship. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I, I really understand where you're coming from because I think there's a lot of pressure, especially for new designers these days. And I I really like it when I see uh, other people that I find on Instagram, and there's a bit more about like you about what they do, um, perhaps experiments they've done or recent work, and it just feels a bit more human. And I, I really appreciate that. Whereas when I stumble upon a really formatted uh, design account, I think sometimes it, it makes me feel slightly intimidated, I have to say. Yeah, I feel the same way. And, and, and I think it's what's so great about what you're doing here mm. is that you're, you know, you're trying to get under the hood of all that stuff, aren't you? It's, it really mm. is a, a veneer, isn't it, a lot of the yeah. time. And um, I think that, you know, to be creative, you're you're supposed to be, I think, riddled with doubt. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming everyone's the same as me. <laughs> um, I just think that's the deal. Uh, that's the bargain. And at best, you you're sort of chasing these fleeting moments of confidence and conviction. Mm. Um, uh, and I think that, yeah, when you when you're just confronted by this wall of confidence and and, and you know there, there are literally no kind of chinks in the armor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I find that. I find that boring. I, I, you know, I think it can be boring. The relentlessness of it. You know, it's if someone's willing to to flag up that they made a mistake, it's it's instantly more human and memorable. You, you feel like you have a way in, don't you? And mm-hmm. not, not not necessarily a mistake, but just just showing the human side. Um, you know, there are certain people that do that amazingly well on on Instagram, and and they're very much. You almost feel like you know them completely. Yeah even yeah. though you've never met and, and I, I think those people are wonderful um and, I, and I'm yeah I'm trying to turn that ship around a bit mm-hmm. going going from the kind of this is who I am but it's kind of fake reality to, to you know this is a bit more about what's happening behind the behind behind the screen um but you know I mean it's not for every you know some people probably feel much more comfortable having this work life yeah. and it's very much you know it's almost like in a fish tank Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can kind of leave that and go and be someone else. I mean, maybe that's more healthy in a way, you know, different hats and all that. But yeah, my my problem is that I've always got the same hat on all the time. You know, I've <laughs> like, oh, got that ability. <laughs> Did you kind of notice that apart from the people on social media? Did you notice that happening around you when you started as a designer? Because I'm quite worried as a young designer that. I won't find those people or those people won't kind of show up to say, oh, I've done something wrong, I've made a mistake or I feel really worried about this project. I wondered if you actually witnessed that in your early career. Um, probably less so in my early career. I think when I, 
I mean, you did ask me a moment ago, and I, I glossed over it. Um, that you know about that kind of transition from, you know, in, in, into my first job, and I, I remember being quite idealistic, um, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking that w- there would be a lot more sharing, and it, you know, it, it was it was naivety on my part. But I'd just come out of the college system where yeah. you are forced to share everything and to, mm-hmm. you know, to really pick it apart and and, and to to try and almost you know thicken your skin up a little bit, little bit as much as anything else, and. I think when I went into the workplace, I wasn't quite prepared for how little time everyone seemed to have for, for that process. It was it was very much, you know, all hands on deck. We need yeah. to be as productive as possible. And there's not maybe enough room for sharing and, and mm-hmm. that human facing um, face-to-face side of things. So that was a little bit of a shock. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that's, that that should have happened or it shouldn't, but it's what I was expecting. Um, and I think that since that point, uh, especially as a freelancer, I think I've tried a bit harder to try and manufacture those situations. And whether that's, you know, uh, going to a lecture and then having a chat mm. with some people in the pub afterwards, or, or it's, um, you know, during lockdown, I, I, myself and a, a group of book designers met regularly, and that was such a tonic because mm-hmm. we were, to, you know, all of the images were sort of parked, they were on a shelf, and yeah. we were really just talking about how we felt about stuff. Um, mm. that was amazing and, and it sort of you know it took me 20 years to get to that point <laughs> um, so yeah I just I, I guess I try and get those moments wherever I, I can but I think like you I find they don't readily kind of reveal themselves mm. I think they, they often come in the form of a, a tutor that you had a great relationship or a yeah you know a student that you buddied up with it, it, I think initially it feels like there are too many of those opportunities but they tend to kind of they tend to just land on you over the course of your career, I think. Yeah, I think I've only found those relationships in really close tutors, I think, because I I do wonder why everybody is so busy, like the productiveness has to take over. Um, it's just like there's there's almost sometimes a fear of letting, letting it out that you're struggling mm. or something's really fearing you, and it just, just kind of confuses me where that, fear comes from or what that fear is about yeah no, it's 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 it, I, I i agree yeah I, I almost think sometimes you know people are worried that if they show their workings that that, that their mark their whole mind will be kind of uh, duplicated yeah. by someone else and it it's a shame really isn't it and uh you know if, if anything you know if you show all that stuff you will mm-hmm. presumably you know you're laying more of a claim to it it's more your property and yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I do. I, I agree. I, people don't show their hand. I, I wonder. It, it leaves me with more questions. It's like, well, why aren't you? You know, what, what, yeah. what did really happen? You know, how did you yeah. get to that endpoint? And um, not that I'm saying everyone should be kind of bleeding wounds, but I definitely favour that. <laughs> yeah, I think I was really lucky uh, whilst I was at uni because. I had a really close-knit tutor group, which I met with every week. And we were really encouraged to not show the final thing of a project. We were there every week going through the workings of it. We would pitch in or perhaps even ways that we felt that might be a good strategy to perhaps strengthen the project. But just sharing those doubts and worries, there was at least one person that shared the same doubt and worry. And they always came out and said, I feel so much better or that person said, oh, thank you for pitching in on my workings. So I felt more confident to carry on. I just, I felt really lucky. So I think I'm quite worried that that doesn't 
continue necessarily in the industry as much. <laughs> it, it, I think it's just, you know, our personalities are probably a bit more, I don't know, I don't know any, I'm just totally guessing, but I, I think they're a bit, we're a bit more dyed in the wall than we think when we're born, aren't we? Mm -hmm. I think mean, some, some personality types that just, you know, lend themselves towards, you know, different ways of being and working. And I, I'm not sure how much you can even change that sometimes, but I don't know. I mean, I, I remember a tutor saying to me that, you know, you, you sort of know within the first few days almost who mm -hmm. which students are, get, are going to excel. And and what, you know, I think what they meant by that was it's the ones that, that are there, that are present, you know, the yeah. ones that are, and it's, you know, I, I think you can kind of read that in different ways as well. You know, it's kind of, you're present, you're there, you're a sponge, um, but also you mm. are present, you're there, you're, 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 you're part of the culture, you're soaking it up, you're contributing to it. Um, you know, I do workshops all the time and you'd be amazed how often on day one of, say, a two-day workshop, someone, mm. will get, someone will get a really good, come up with a really good design solution and they'll quite rightly get plenty of praise on, you know, the end of yeah. the third day. Um but it's what they do with that praise. You know, the next day, invariably, all the other students, or, you know, they're very slow, kind of ploddy, mm -hmm. keep working away. Uh, uh, the solution students tend to, like, go past them. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're so preoccupied with kind of staying still because they think they've, 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 they've ticked the box, they've cracked it. Mm -hmm. that, that, that often just sort of paralyzes them and they, they don't do any more work. And I think the ones that really just kind of keep, chipping away you know they, they'll always have that the bigger the more fuller experience and yeah. also just being a designer being a creative person you have to constantly have your antennae out and you have to be yeah. receptive to uh, to changes and improvements and you know it's um I, yeah i think there's i'm not saying all students are one or the other but i always see those patterns and um mm -hmm. they, <laughs> they really are rooted in, in personality uh, types you know if there were any times that you remember where you felt a big sense of imposter syndrome or self-doubt but all the time I mean it, you know it's it, I don't think that ever really goes away it, you know from my first job that I I got you know I couldn't do I lied about being able to do the job and you know, <laughs> I got a job I actually know how to do and I mean god the the, the imposter syndrome is just off the charts. I was like, you know, I thought I might have to sort of quit because I, I just couldn't quite wrap my head around it. Mm -hmm. um, and that changed, of course, down the line. And, I, you know, I, I, I truly loved that job afterwards. But, um, yeah, I mean, you always, whether it's that extreme example or, or whether it's just doing my day-to-day -day job that I feel like I know how to do, but, you know, there'll be times today when I feel like an imposter, uh, you know, mm -hmm. there's a, you, you have to constantly prove yourself as a book designer because yeah. you're working on short scale projects and, and it's a numbers game as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, the more and more people enter the industry, you know, you'd assume you will get less and less work each year, but it's still, it's still, it does still slightly uh, smart um, when you look yeah. at the numbers, you know, year by year. Um, but yeah, so you're always kind of wrestling with that sense of, Am I doing well enough? You know, um, it, it, is the work that, you know, can I be proud of the work? You know, what percentage of the work 
can I be proud of? Do I feel like I've made new moves today or am I just treading water yeah. and doing the same old crap? You know, you, you've, you've just cut, that's just the constant conversation, I think, in your brain. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also the reason why I try and share a studio with other people. <laughs> I, think, I think working in isolation just is, is not what you need as a, as a creative mm-hmm. But what, what about you? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not asking enough questions, but, but uh, you, uh, what, what's the equivalent answer from you? Oh, no, I'm exactly the same. I, I think I suffer with it every day, even if it's sending an application out or just even, I even experience it when I, just before I record an episode, you just get all those, all those questions like, am I good enough? Will I embarrass myself? do they think I've got it and then I have to remind myself what it's actually about and you think well <laughs> this this is what the whole podcast is about like I don't know I don't really know what I'm doing but when I let kind of that fear and motivation take over it's it's really not as bad as you think it's going to be and if it goes wrong I'm human so I think the more I'm telling myself that and even the more cycles that come in my head it it's getting a lot easier but I think if I kind of expect that it will happen, if I start a new project, it kind of becomes less scary because it's less of a surprise, I think. Yeah, it, it, we're, we're all, I, I think that's the, that's the thing that always sort of is reassuring in a way is that whenever you meet people like yourself, anyone that does work in this industry, we all have the same concerns and they yeah. never quite go away. And yeah, we, we, we're much we're much more similar than, than than you'd ever imagine, really. It's certainly when you when, when you're starting out, but um, mm. yeah, all our hopes and dreams and fears and, and frustrations it, it tend to be tend to be very very similar. <laughs> but I, I think it's just great that you've thrown yourself into this thing that doesn't feel natural. I, th- I think that's just such a um, it's to be commended, really. I, I think it's the only way any of us can can kind of get better at stuff, isn't it? And, just just launch yourself in and there's no, no good reason why this should ever feel natural to not, not, not initially you know yeah definitely do you have any kind of other advice or things that you find yourself doing when the, those thoughts come into your head is there anything particular that you can advise on how you maybe overcome these thoughts only in that you know keep just try and keep perspective you know it, yeah. it, it, it's it is just uh, design, and um, you know sometimes you can have such a strong feeling towards it. Um, you know you can, f- and I think it's always good to f- keep your feet on the ground. And mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it's it's really in its own way is it is inconsequential. And I think that you know if we build it up too much in our heads, we, we run da- the j- danger of of being, I don't know, having all of those negative emotions building bad relationships with people being de- defensive prickly you know all of those things and i think you know you, you just got to remember that you know you're part of a service it's a service industry you know and i think yeah. as low as you can get your you really should only be happy if someone else is happy <laughs> um, i mean that's not to say that you can't be frustrated when you when you really feel like you're trying to move something on and i i do think in that particular space it could be quite brutal a brutalizing space um there's arguably, a, I'm not saying I'm always in it, but, uh, you know, you will get a lot more rejection and, and hurt um, and heartache if you're trying to kind of do something you've not done before because invariably people are approaching you because of something they've seen you do before. Yeah. So I think there's a whole kind of like world in there that I, I mean, I don't know if you ask me for, I don't think this is advice. It's just <laughs> rambling thoughts, but 
I think it's just the whole world there that that, that is it's to be made sense of. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I've got any advice really, I and I don't know whether you should listen to any advice I've I've got to <laughs> give. But you know, you go on your own journey and and you, you talk about it as much as you can and share with other people and yeah. galvanize by that and, and build relationships that way. And and, and mm. um, that should have that should be that should be enough. <laughs> <laughs> Picking up on uh, you just mentioned there, um, rejection. I wondered if you've ever faced rejection so far, because I mean, especially from my perspective, your work is so amazing and so out there, and it's so recognised as such a special way. You just automatically assume you've never faced rejection. You've just got from A to B, just like that. Um, so I've always wanted to ask you if you've ever faced rejection. Yeah, I, I mean, you're very kind. But yeah, God, there's mounds of it. It's, um, I mean, I'm, I'm working for someone at the minute and I honestly don't think that they would feel comfortable approving the cover until they've seen mm -hmm. dozens and dozens of, of, of other visuals. So, you know, yeah. uh, beforehand. But uh, I think that's that, that can be quite common. And, you know, Maybe the quality, you know, maybe I am the designer that only does a good cover when it's number 75. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, but every client comes at you in a different way. And, and, yeah. and um, I do wonder sometimes, like, you know, when the rejection piles really high, you, your, your, your desire to keep making, you know, keep trying as hard as you can, it, yeah. it can be diminished, which is something that feels awful you know when you when you know that your quality might be dipping or you you may be kind of suddenly getting pulled away from something that you you loved weeks beforehand so there, there's a whole sort of ebb and flow to the working relationship sometimes and, it, and it's a wash with rejection like you know this i mean the stuff you see is just the stuff that, that gets approved but i i know unfortunately i see the numbers you know when, when i back my work up there's an approved folder and a rejected folder. <laughs> And it, it, they're, they're definitely comparable, but there's more work in the rejected folders, mm -hmm. you know, um, way more work. Uh, but, but you know, it's part of the process. Like, you know, you can sometimes do 75 covers, but yeah. like the one at the end is the one you maybe are happiest with because all of the rest of it was just a kind of yeah. a journey to it, towards it. And, um, you know, sometimes, most of the time, you know the client's got that right, but there are other times when you just... It is it is difficult, you know, when you you feel like you've done everything you've been asked of. You know it because you've reread the briefs hundreds of yeah. times, and you can't quite make sense of why it's fallen down. Like that can be tough. Mm -hmm. um, but then you know they, they, that I'm just I'm showing you the negative side here. I mean, there's all of that, but then you know, in, in reverse, mm. um, you know, the utter joy of getting an approval when you've shown one or two visuals is, is I mean. My God, you drift down the street. <laughs> <It's very rare. laughs> yeah, I guess I guess there is lots of positives to rejection because I think even the word rejection has so many negative connotations because I faced a lot of rejection already and I only graduated in July. So I think it's beat me down quite a lot already. But actually when I've turned it into a really positive thing it's actually built me up in a way that I didn't expect and I'm a completely different person to how I was even when I finished uni so 
I actually think rejection can be a good thing if you want it to be. Are you talking specifically about applying for jobs or or, or work itself? Or? Oh yeah, um, especially applying for jobs. I mean, there are some that you apply to and you don't hear from at all. I think lots of people can relate to that. Mm. Or there's um people where you go for an interview and they say something that you don't necessarily understand or agree with and you're left like you said you're left really confused why that fell down and you think it automatically goes to was it me am I not good enough is there something really specific they don't like are they just brushing over um and not giving me some really specific feedback well I certainly don't think you should ever accept or or, or be at peace with people rejecting you but not giving you reasons you know yeah. I, I don't, you know hopefully that is something that will will change for you and improve because mm -hmm. i i don't that's not that's not it's not good and it, it you know you you've taken the time to go and be part of that process and, yeah. and you cared about it and you've thought about it completely mm -hmm. and, and for, for, that, for that person or, or people to to not even give you what you need to hear whether it's positive or negative is it, not fair because you know what happens to your brain when that you know you, you ask yourself a thousand questions you can't answer, don't you? And, yeah. You know that 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 hopefully is is, is not going to be a trend for your for, for your mm -hmm. career. You know, it, it, it's those people are just not doing the, the right things. Um, you know, yeah. and you are. Uh, it's it's sad to hear that. Um, and I think it's just you know it just, obviously. They're in this kind of spoiled situation, aren't they? All of a sudden, lots of people are applying for the work. They all want yeah. work. It's a very one-sided um, situation, and it can make people behave quite badly sometimes, I think. I think there is a general uh, sense of the answer that they give is that there are so many applications, we, we can't respond to you. Um, and sometimes it kind of makes you feel a bit, like especially if it's somewhere you applied to where you've looked up to for a long time it actually is it's it's really upsetting i think yeah yeah i i imagine it you know especially when you see them as being at the pinnacle and then you think well if they're like that then what's the point in yeah exactly the other companies which you know but it's it, it, you just you have to i know it's hard but you just have to sort of always try and and, and see that as an isolated an isolated thing i i, I it's it's a shame, isn't it, as well? Because you know, if you were applying for a hundred jobs all at the same time, mm -hmm. you you wouldn't have that same attachment to to them all. So the reject rejections come quite thick and fast, and I, I bet your relationship towards them would would be changed completely. But mm -hmm. when 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 you've been looking for one company to offer a job and then they do and you go for it, I mean, yeah, it's it, you've got so much stock in that situation, haven't you? It's um can be really brutal. Um, but I, you know, I think we owe it. We all owe it to one another to to, to give feedback. You know, yeah. ghosting is really kind of like way too common these days, and it's really unfair. I mean, this, you you would be surprised how many people commission book designers and then you never hear from them again. You submit the work and you never hear from them again. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I mean, I I would love to tell you their names, but I I haven't. I think that's going to have to come a bit later on in my career. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm near retirement. Um, but like there are there are companies and we all talk and we all share those names and we, you know, personally not on the internet, but uh and it's um and they don't, you know, that, that's what these companies get for doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's a small industry and 
you have to behave well towards other people. If you if you don't, then yeah, rightfully your your reputation should suffer. Yeah, it, it is really interesting because when I was faced with those situations, you kind of sit there and you go, well, what should I do? Should I ask these questions or should I stand up for myself or shall I be friendly because the industry is so small everybody knows each other um they'll find out about me sooner or later especially if I apply for a job but it's interesting to think well uh, why should I stay friendly if that's not reciprocated it's such an interesting conversation I think yeah I think you've absolutely that's that's a huge thing it's you know, as a, as a freelancer in particular, you're you have to be amenable because mm-hmm. you know your people are coming to you directly, and it's always going to be you that they fake. Yeah. So yeah, you 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 definitely have that kind of mentality. I'll try and always be as as friendly and as amenable as possible. Um, but yeah, there'll be loads of tipping points, loads of moments where you think, okay, this is the moment where. Things have to change because it, it, you know, they may maybe owe you money, a response, clear direction, mm-hmm. and you have to change change modes a little bit. But it is a really difficult situation. And if I'm really honest, like the the main place I want to be as a freelancer is have enough money in the bank that I can sack a client if I need to. Because <laughs> when you don't, and you're you're in the midst of a of a terrible job, mm. and it's and it's really. I had one half a year ago and I've never had such an affecting job in terms of my my confidence just went off the off the cliff. The communication from the client was really unclear. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was overcompensating and, 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 and trying to over deliver to try and like claw claw my way back into yeah. their, you know, thoughts and feelings. And it was just mm-hmm. getting worse. It was like an abusive relationship. Yeah. In that moment, I, you know, if I'd have had a little bit more money in my bank account, I would have been able to walk away and and, and mm-hmm. I would have felt better instantly. But I had to stay in it, and it was it was a really brutalizing job, um, and I, one of the worst actually. But but then on the flip side, the great thing about this job is it, it regenerates. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, you finish one job and then you start a new one, and and you're you're born again. Like all the crap's lifted off your shoulders, and you you can get excited again so like you never tire of it for that reason you know yeah. it's always interesting and, and exciting but yeah that was a, that was a shocker <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. coming on from that I wondered if you'd ever feared a brief that you've been given perhaps like excited but maybe it was fear um of taking it on yeah yeah that's an interesting one you know the a brief that feels bigger than your capabilities you know I've, yeah. I had one of those quite early in my career and uh, but then it was offset with that kind of youthful exuberance uh <laughs> slight ignorance as well and um and I just kind of jumped headlong into it and yeah um and I think that carried me you know the way through um but there, there are other times where I'll get a brief and it will I'll fear it because it's asking me to do something that's very much outside of my wheelhouse mm-hmm. but then those can often turn into the the, the most satisfying brief especially with someone like me who's very i work within a very particular space i think you know i'm not the most fleet-footed um, creative person in the world and and but yes sometimes those briefs you drag uh, sorry you fear the most often turn out to be the most um, satisfying but and then the other the other one that i'd, I'd probably 
very often I'll get a brief where they're asking me to do something I've already done. And that it, it's sometimes physically impossible, like uh, mentally impossible, because mm -hmm. you don't want to. Uh, and, and, you know, it was another project and it, and it, and it looked that way and behaved that way mm -hmm. for a reason. And I think sometimes when you get asked to do something again, but you feel like it, you don't really understand the reasons, you know, I, I, those can be really tricky for me personally. I, you know, I don't know, maybe some people love that kind of repeat work, but I feel like it's a real cop-out. And I feel like the brief should take you to the direction of the work and the way it behaves rather than it being, you know, kind of established up front. And, and I think that this is the problem with, like, mood boards. And, you know, before people even get to a designer, they might have, looked at mood boards in house and, and agreed on a route and maybe even like plucked out a visual that you did 10 years ago that they yeah. want and like I don't know I just worry about all that because really where are you going are you, you're not really moving anything on and mm -hmm. you know so those it's not quite fear but like those are briefs that really my, my stomach does drop a little bit because you think well I kind of know where this is going and I, I may yeah. turn into a bit of an arsehole <laughs> <laughs> um, as, I'm, as I'm being asked to do something that I'm resistant to, um, which, you know, I, I'm probably the biggest problem in that situation. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I, every brief just has its own unique charms. And I mean, I'm working on it at the minute and it's, it, I think it's one that I really didn't think I'd be able to do it. And I'm having so much fun because it's, it, it's a different part of my brain that's being activated. Yeah. And, you know, that feels really great. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I've got one more. <laughs> um, the the worst, but I'm sure I mean, this is such a cliche kind of point. But uh, you know, those briefs that say it's a free brief, um, mm -hmm. and they say we just want what you do. Oh, oh man, those are killers. <laughs> you do that, you get really excited, and then you do it, and then they're like, "Oh no, we don't. We don't want that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> we don't want that version of you. <laughs> mental." Um, <laughs> And then, and then they come up with the the brief on the back of that, the re the real brief uh, on the back of that. So those those are tricky because you you the first round of visuals it's just a complete loss leader. It's mm -hmm. a total waste of your time. Yeah, um, and that that happens more than you'd you'd, you'd imagine. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me the the projects that I feared the most are probably the ones that have actually turned out to be the most rewarding. As you said, I think it. It ignites a different part of your brain and I think it's the projects I felt most proud of and they've always been things that I didn't think I'd be able to do or things I've never thought I would do and I think they've always come out really different and I, I wondered how you kind of thought about that because that's something I always admired about you. I, I think your work is really unique and special especially in a, a world of trends these days which kind of really worries me so I wondered how important you feel about being different and pushing those projects that probably scare you a little bit. Well, it's it's very nice of you to say, and I, I'm so glad that you think the work is in any way different when you look at it. Because <laughs> um, I think when you you know when you're doing it, um, you you do sometimes lose sight. You think is this is, is this the same move you know that I'm making? Um, and I think you know when you're serving. When you're serving completely different books, uh, you know you have to 
you know, you, you, you can't be that person. You can't turn up with a, an agenda or a preconceived mm-hmm. idea. You, you just can't. And um, But then on the flip side, I know that, like, I, I can only really use type in, in a way that, in, t- in terms of being expressive, you know, I, I wouldn't be very confident using um, or painting or drawing. And you know, some designers are amazing at, like, kind of um, changing what medium they work in, and I, I'm just not. So I'll always be kind of hemmed in in, in some way. Um, and I just love using type. So I, I say all of this because I think the, the moves are quite small in that regard, but then in my head, within the world of type and what I'm doing there, sometimes yeah. it, makes, it makes it feel like I am kind of like making slightly bigger moves. But one of the main things that will haunt, haunt you or is, you know, I, yeah, you, you don't want to stay still. You, you want to appear relevant. You want to do relevant work. You you want to be an intriguing designer to choose. You know, uh, the the more people expect what, what your output is, the less inclined they're going to be to I think you know want to use you. So it, it will put a shelf life on your career, and I think you know you you do have to keep up in, in many ways. So you know, all that, that that's something that's constantly on your mind. But you know again going to contradict myself like you still got to be yourself and you've got to have your own you know you, you don't want to start looking at another designer and try and emulate their work because then you've lost lost the plot completely so you, you want your own journey to, to to be a singular one in that it's yours but within that you know i think asking yourself those questions about am i doing enough to yeah to serve this piece of work you know it's, if it's a very very unusual piece of writing for example and you're it looks like the last thing you did. I mean, you know, you are the problem there. You're the, you know, people, people should never be too aware of you and your, your moves, you know, you you should be, you should be serving the work um, first and foremost. Mm. Um, Yeah. Sorry, that's a very rambly answer, but I, 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 you know, knowing how you feel about your work from day to day, it really does does change. I wondered if you had uh, a favourite piece of design you've ever created, because I'm sure that's quite hard to choose, but I'm sure there's one that you particularly remember designing or p- perhaps even the process of how you got to it you feel that you feel really proud of. Yeah, I, I think I really enjoyed the process of designing the Great Idea series, the first, the first series, because it was... My art director Jim Stoddart gave he, he gave me room to go and go and do it like mm-hmm. it was a, a level of protection that I really really benefited from um, and it meant that I could work almost in isolation on this project it's quite a big big project and, and and then bring bring people in and sorry that doesn't make sense but I mean I could work on it initially in isolation come up with this concept. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, present present all of them at the same time, and I really enjoyed the process. It felt like it was the first time that my hand fitted into a glove in terms of what yeah. what skill set I was using, and, and you know, working with type in an expressive way, working with multiples, you know, working under this umbrella of something, and then and then and then kind of like dancing around under the umbrella. <laughs> I'm so so sorry. <laughs> Analogies are awful, but it was like I really love that kind of walled-off area where you can play and yeah. you can bend your own rules and all that sort of stuff. It was the first time that that happened, 
Um, I loved all that. And, and then when the covers were shown, um, the MD at Penguin, uh, Stefan McGrath, really stuck his neck out and, and almost stopped other people from ripping them to pieces and said, no, these are going to be approved as they are. Mm -hmm. Which honestly, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Yeah, that, that's exactly. not how cover meetings <laughs> play out. So that that was that was an amazing moment for me. Like having just walking into a cover meeting with the sort of support of my my boss, but I was allowed to show the work that I deeply cared about, and then them all being approved without changes. I mean, it's just it's never got that good before or since. Really. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely a delight to talk to you David and um, it was really really refreshing to hear your comments and thoughts about the questions that I asked you so thank you so much it's a, it's a pleasure thank you for, for making it such an easy easy breezy chat <laughs> you enjoyed this episode thank you so much to david for joining me what a lovely person be sure to follow all of our socials to stay updated and i'll see you next time what a lovely person